Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I'll be your host today. My name is Brooke. Joining me on the show is Lisa from Lisa Jennings Rockstar Fitness out of Flower Mound, Texas. Welcome to the show, Lisa. How are you today? I'm good. Thanks, Brooke. I'm excited to have you here, Lisa, and to learn more about what you do in your fitness business. But really, before we dive into that, let me know, like, why was it that you decided to open up this operation? Well, I've always been into fitness since I was in my early 20s and um, just worked out hard for a long time. And people were always like, you should be a trainer. You should be a trainer. And I'm like, no, I don't want my thing. But when my kids got into middle school, I thought, you know, that would be a good time because they're gone quite a bit. This would be supplemental income for my family. And I so I got certified and started doing it and have I've loved it. So. So it's kind of, you know, something that you found passion in and you built a business out of it. And so now, you know, you do this Lisa Jennings Rockstar Fitness and you're a small personal training business. Is that right? Yes. Cool. And so what I would love for you to do is just really give the the listener kind of an elevator pitch of what kind of service you provide, because I think all personal trainers do things a little bit differently. And I would like to hear from you, you know, what you do. Well, right now I typically just my general population, general fitness is my thing. And mainly people that are in their 40s and 50s now that, you know, I've got a few younger ones and a few older ones, but just really looking to stay mobile and, you know, fit as we get older. So that's kind of where I'm at right now. Yeah. Do you have like kind of, is there a a specific demographic of like age range that you say is pretty common for you right now in terms of clients? Yeah, usually around 50. Like I said, I've got some, a few younger ones. I've got a teenager and then I've got somebody who's in their seventies, but the main clientele is going to be in their forties and fifties. Okay. And so when you look at um, the, the business right now, how many people are you training on average? Would you say like, what's your average kind of um, the number of clients that you're seeing? Uh, well, I've counted the other day and I have 42. Okay. 42 so, clients. So, so you're pretty busy then Lisa. Yeah. So I don't do one-on-one because I would be working around the clock. <laughs> I do have one or two one-on-one clients, but mainly I do semi-private, which is small groups up to five people. Yeah. So that really helps you optimize your, your time there. If you're able to fit five people in, in one session, it's a little bit better for the, the, the time, the yes. clock. And then we're also able to make a little bit more money because we can fit more people in, in one time. Right. Um, so, you know, when you look at that number 40, is that a place where you're feeling good or are you looking to take on more clients? Is that something that is realistic for you? Currently, I could take on a few more clients, not many, um, if they were a little bit later in the morning, you know, most people like to get in before work. So it gets pretty crowded then, but after that I would need, I'm going to need a couple people under me to hand off the overflow and get, get other people like my daughter, get her going in her business. Yeah. So your daughter's also going to be doing personal training as well. 
Right. She's going to start shadowing me okay. and just learning. And is she going to work under your business or is she going to have her sep a separate entity? She's going to work under me right now. Okay, cool. Um, and that really gives you the opportunity to, to continue to grow and help more people. Um, what are you actively doing to find new clients? Well, I currently I'm on Thumbtack, if you've heard of that app where people go look for services. So I do get some leads from that, but a lot of it is just word of mouth. Uh, I've got several clients who tell talk to their family members about me. So I've got several families I train. Um, Google, I've gotten a few from Google. So it's, it's just kind of a wide variety, but mainly word of mouth. I think if you give really good service and um, you've got some long-term loyal clients, they will tell people about you. And Facebook, you know, I have a Facebook um, business page as well. So I've gotten a few from that. Yeah, I mean, no matter what kind of gym we're running here, word of mouth is always going to be one of our favorite things because it's free. All we have to do is take care of our clients and they're going to go, they're going to talk about us, we're going to generate word of mouth and that brings in leads for us. Um, but when we look at it as like a way to predictive, kind of predict how we're going to grow, we can't because we can't say, you know, hey, go talk about us today and bring me in five new clients. Well, we wish that that worked, it totally doesn't. So a lot of people supplement word of mouth with other things. And it sounds like you've tried thumb, the Thumbtack app and you said that that generates some leads for you. Do you utilize social media at all as a part of you know how you grow your business? Yeah, I do have an Instagram and Facebook business page. I don't have a ton of followers on that yet. So I haven't gotten a lot, I've gotten one or two now, a few from that, mainly Facebook, but like I said, I think giving really good service, once I started concentrating rather on the numbers of people I could get in mm -hmm. and really concentrating on the people I had and providing really good service, and I noticed a difference. You know, people would stick around longer because you're giving them really good service rather than, oh gosh, you know, just throwing a workout in and worrying about getting clients yeah because that could be how it is i'd be like okay i've got i've got to get i've got to keep getting people and sometimes you let your um quality suffer for the quantity of people yeah i understand what you're saying and i think without the right systems kind of in place that tends to happen right mm -hmm. they're so focused on okay well what can we do to get new people what can we do to get new people and then our quality of service goes down Right. Uh, and so we have to have the right systems in place to kind of help us bring in new people so that we don't have to spend a whole lot of effort and time doing that. Mm -hmm. um, and we can spend more time focused on the clients and the right. client experience. Um, as With your current kind of clients, how does a membership work? Do they pay a membership? Do they pay for a set amount of sessions? Do they pay per session? How does that work? Well, I started implementing um, contracts or client agreements, what I call them, is you can choose between three months, six months, or 12 months. And depending on which one of those commitments you choose will determine the rate. So obviously, if you commit to a longer period of time, your, your session rate is going to be a little bit cheaper than if you just decided to go for three months. Mm -hmm. So depending on what they pick, um, and I, I figured out that helps, that works best because three months minimum is 
what I offer, because if you just come for one month, you know, you're not really getting in a groove and a consistent pattern. And if you go three months, you're going to see some results. So that's the minimum I offer. We do not have a membership fee. It's just trainers are there. They pay the trainers. So there's no gym memberships, anything like that. Okay. So, um, you know, you, you offer a three month, a six month or a 12 month. So when you do that, you're, you're keeping somebody for at least three months, right? There's no option below that. Right. Okay. Well, that's good for your business, right? Cause you can yeah. count on making revenue from them at least three months. And, um, if can, and if they cancel just for, you know, other than, Oh, you know, an emergency, if you're just like, ah, I don't want to do this anymore. They still have to pay half of whatever's left in their contract. So it kind of protects you and it kind of makes people think, okay, I've made this commitment. So I don't want to quit. I don't want to lose my money. So, yeah. Um, so with that, would you say most of your clients are on like one of the 12 months or the six months, or is it kind of spread between the three options? My longer term clients do the 12 month. When, when I get someone new, they tend to want to just do the three to see how it goes. And then a lot of times they'll up it. Now, some people don't want to, I'm kind of one of those people, I don't know what I'm going to be doing in a year. So I don't want to pay that long. So I tend to be one of those shorter term people, but we'll keep renewing. So I've got people like that, but most of it, it's just kind of spread out. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I guess my next question to you, Lisa, would be like, when you look at the business right now, what's one of the challenges for you related to the business side of things? Um, because I think that this is where other personal trainers listening to the show can really relate to you. Well, I think the time, you know, you only have so many hours in a day. And if you get 40 clients or more, and you're just a one woman show, it's going to be hard to maintain that. And I want to be able to give really good quality sessions. So getting, you know, someone under me getting in a couple people beneath me to work for me um, would be ideal, you know, because I want to provide good quality. Like I said, not the quantity. So that's kind yeah. of a challenge right now is time <laughs> for sure i mean like you said there's only 24 hours in a day and being a one woman show that feels even more limited like you're you really feel like you're running out of time <laughs> and so you really have to look at ways to optimize your current time and um make the most out of it um what are some of the things that you're looking to do to make that seem a little bit easier well, like I said, getting um, my daughter up and running. I'm also looking to do some online. I do some online training, but creating programs for people that might just not necessarily want to come to train with a trainer, but need they need a structured workout. They don't really know what to do, but they don't want to pay for personal training, um, offering programs that they can purchase and take to the video that's something I'm looking at right now working on 
Yeah, it's it's uh, an interesting idea. You know, the more little things that we can add on to what we already offer, the more revenue that we're bringing in. Um, and so when you look at the bigger picture here, Lisa, like, you know, let's say like five years down the road, what do you see for your business at that point? Like if you could have everything that you ever dreamed of, kind of a magic wand situation, um, what would that look like for you? Well, my own little personal training studio, currently where I'm at is great. Um, I love the guy I'm working with. He's great. We have no issues. We've got the perfect space. Um, but, you know, you never know what's going to happen with the economy. I currently have a house with a large garage. So I'm thinking long-term, you know, making that into my own gym and having people come here. That way I don't have to worry about paying a lease to someone that, you know, who knows what's going to happen if the economy crashes. So that's kind of what I'm looking at too, is having that revenue right there. Yeah. So really, really looking at doing everything that you can now so that the possibility of moving into your own space where you can do whatever you want, grow it however you want, hire whoever you want. Um, right. That's like the, the big goal here. Yes. Yes. How quickly would you say that w could become a reality for you if you continue doing things exactly the way that you're doing them right now? Probably two years. Two years. Yeah. It's, you, know, you have to put the budget together for equipment and, um, you know, air conditioning in the hot garage in Texas. You got, you got to put that in there. So it's going it, to be a couple of years, but yeah, that's definitely where I'm headed. Yeah, I'm excited for you. I think, you know, you've been doing this for a little while and it's something that you're really, really passionate about. Um, and, I'm excited that you're going to make this a family business by including your daughter. Um, I'm excited to see how you're able to move into your own space and really optimize your, your time and buy back a little bit of time and continue to do what you love. So Lisa, thank you for being here today, for sharing your story with us, your insights. Um, and um, do you, do you have an Instagram? Like what's the Instagram page for the gym? I know that you said you had one, but where can we go uh, to find you online? Uh, Lisa Jennings, Rockstar Fitness. Perfect. Yep. Easy. I appreciate it. Thank you for being here today. Listeners, thank you for tuning in. Don't forget, if you want to stay notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. And if you want to join us for an episode here at the Gym Lords podcast, fill out the link in the description and we'll be in touch with you soon. As always, until next time, Gym Lords out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer, and make more money, head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. What's up, Gym Lords? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. My name is Bree. I will be your host today, and I'm here with Snez from Authletics in Brea, California. What's up, Snez? How are you today? I'm doing good. I'm good. How are you? Doing well. Thank you for taking the time to join us. I appreciate it. 
All right, so let's jump right into the details, wasting no time here. What is it that made you want to own your own gym? How did you get started? What's the story there? Uh, so I started, I in, entered into the fitness industry uh, when I was like 19, so super young. I started very much probably like most people do as, you know, interested in, you know, just getting stronger, going into the gym, you know, all of that stuff. I was around the supplements industry for a little bit mm -hmm. and, you know, just kind of fell in love with that whole idea. I worked for a couple of gyms and I did it actually alongside my career uh, in soccer. So I used the gym from as strength and conditioning. I was a professional athlete uh, in soccer. So I was basically just trying to make sure that I was going to be injury free, all that kind of stuff. I actually fell in love with the gym from hating it to loving it and uh, dove deeper into the whole idea of, you know, strength and conditioning and just the betterment that it does for so many people. So I, I branched off, started working in multiple different gyms, uh, you know, got into the world of, of CrossFit and worked for different affiliates and got myself into different affiliates and, you know, went back and forth between affiliates and commercial gyms. And I found that, you know, this is something that I want to kind of develop my own concept of so i ended up making that decision to to open my own gym and and you know create it how i wanted it to be created so it started from a very uh, i guess like a position where i didn't actually enjoy the gym but i knew i needed it for my sport all the way to now knowing that it's like 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 life is the gym and you know it's there's so much involved with it now Absolutely. Okay. So it went from something that you didn't necessarily enjoy in the beginning to now something that you've made a career of. So yes. good for you. That's awesome. As far as your business model goes, how do you structure things within the facility? Are you doing mostly group classes? Are you doing any semi-privates, one-on-ones? Kind of walk us through the layout there. For sure. Uh, I'm very different. And, uh, I found that this has been super helpful. I love the hybrid model. So mine is a hybrid model predominantly. In other words, we do, uh, group classes. We try to keep the classes small so that people can get that feel of being coached all the time. Mm -hmm. And then we really encourage private training. So most of the members, uh, actually have a coach that's assigned to them. They're, you know, working with that coach once, twice, three, even four times a week. And then they've got the option of doing the group classes, but then they also have the option of just doing programming on the side. So we try to encourage people to do that, that hybrid model, because that's what gets them results. Mm -hmm. So Definitely group classes, definitely private training. We also do nutrition. Um, I've got my degree in nutrition, so we've we've got that tacked on. We also have kids, so we have that as an option. We tr we love training like a mummy and me, and then we also have a kids class as well. So we try to even incor incorporate the hybrid model to our mums, dads, and kids. So we mm -hmm. kind of always want to have people offering like you know, time's always a big objective for so many people, but if they have the flexibility of creating the time around a schedule with a, with a coach, they're more inclined to come in and not just be going off a class schedule that's, you know, written on the website. Right. Absolutely. So lots of different options there that mm -hmm. allow people with some flexibility to be able to, to still make it happen and actually get the results that they're looking for. Mm -hmm. um, so as far as membership-based or client-based, how many people are you currently serving at your facility? So we have about 80 members 
we we were on par to kind of get to I think 100 just before the pandemic and just like any other gym you know hit that roadblock uh lost a bit and then it kind of like has has come back up so mm-hmm. we're currently at about 80 members right now okay all right and as far as the marketing advertising goes what does that look like for you how are you getting the word out there to more people to grow the membership so we love in like we love asking our members to bring friends in so Mm -hmm. always starting from there because you know uh you know your vibe attracts your tribe, right? So if you're going to, if we, we've got great members, you know, the way that I see it is my members are diamonds and I want more diamonds. And I know mm-hmm. the people that they're hanging around with are probably diamonds too. So I want them to kind of bring their friends in. Um, I know that they're going to be somewhat alike them. So I want to encourage them to bring their friends in and also helps them feel safer, more comfortable, all that good stuff. Uh, the next avenue is uh, Facebook marketing, um, like doing that one. I enjoy putting up a lot of stuff just through, uh, Instagram, just kind of putting that reach out there. Those are probably the two main methods that we try. And honestly, just kind of being amongst the community and networking, like, so going to coffee shops, going to things that are local where people get to see myself or my coaches. And, you know, the question's always like, oh, so you work for a gym. So that's, that's also another one, just like basically a walking billboard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I always like to say, um, having multiple poles in the water, as far as advertising goes at all times is kind of mm-hmm. the best approach there. Uh, now, as far as your front end offer goes, what type of offer are you putting out there to make people want to come into the gym and see what you're about? Well, we like to give people a taste of what we do. So we like to give them either one or two weeks for free. Um, and they come in, they try it out. If they enjoy it, we sign them up and they get going. Um, otherwise, even just giving all of our members, they are allowed to bring a friend in for free anyway. So that's also another option for them. So it's always about coming in, checking it out, trying it. And if they like it, we go from there. Got it. Okay. And how many new memberships are you seeing on a monthly basis how many new people are coming in signing up for memberships on a monthly basis on average so we probably get about five memberships um, per month and the reason why that number is low because is because our our membership to come to our gym is high it's mm-hmm. not a low this is not a this is not a 100 200 membership we're talking mm-hmm. add another zero on that mm-hmm. you know so when people you know, when people ask me that question, a lot of people are like, oh, you're only getting like five new members. And I'm like, yeah, but my five new members is probably making what most other people need 25 to 30 members. Yeah. <laughs> I only need yeah. a sell to five while you need to sit there and sell to 30. Then mm-hmm. Let's do the math on how many hours that is. So for me, it's about value and it's about quality. So if I can bring in five quality members that know what they want, are committed to what they want, and I don't have to necessarily bounce back and forth with them. I don't have to work that hard to go out there and reach even more. So we get about we get about five coming in, mm-hmm. but we get five quality members. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Multiple ways to grow a business. You know, obviously we can acquire more clients. We mm-hmm. can get our clients that we have to pay more by providing them with that higher service and we can keep them longer. So a lot of times gym owners are afraid to charge a higher 
great. You know, they, it's, they don't see the value. (laughs) I like that. I hear that. I hear that all the time. And I'm like, I don't understand. I don't, you're literally sell. you're selling like longevity. You're helping this person live longer for the rest of their life and be able to play with their kids, be better at their job, like look better, feel better. And you're telling me that that's only worth $150. Like, like, let's just like, look at that. And also one thing that gym owners do that I see a lot of is they put themselves last. They don't put themselves first. They they think they forget that they need to eat. They need, this is, this is like their lifestyle. You know, this is their bread and butter and they, they downgrade their own sense of value. And that's, that's where I encourage all other gym owners. And, you know, I have a lot of people that like want to open their own gym. I have, I know a lot of people that want to do this. I've been there. I've done it. And, you know, I, every single time that I say to people, like, what's your, what's your cost when you're opening the gym? And they tell me, I'm like, don't do that. I did that. Don't do that. And then you will end up pulling, you will end up just like ripping your hair out and not sleeping and, you know, working for 17 hours in the day. Mm-hmm. And you're not even going to get see a return for two years. Right. Exactly. And it's like, this is the only industry where people wear that as like a badge of honor. It's like, I haven't slept. I work a hundred hours a week and I make less money than I would make working 40 hours for somebody else. Mm -hmm. But I wear it as a badge of honor. And it's like, why, why do you want to work for free? Why do you want to put yourself in a position where you're stressed out every single month and you can't even pay the rent to keep your doors open? Because if your doors aren't open, who are you helping? Exactly. Yeah. And one thing that I, I find, right. They always want to be cheaper than the gym down the street. Yes. What about if both gyms raise their rates? Because both gyms are doing the same thing. They're in the same boat. They're fighting the same war where both gyms are fighting the war of basically obesity and all that stuff. Right. Right. Why don't you just encourage the other gym? Let's both up our prices. So we both can make more money. So we both can actually continue doing what we're passionate about. Right. Exactly. Yeah. It becomes a race to zero, right? Yeah. It's like, well, I'm going to, I'm going to be a little bit less than the gym next door. And then the gym next door is like, well, I'm going to be a little I bit less more. than them. And it just, yeah, it just I, becomes, I try to be more expensive than the gym down the street. Cause it's going to help them to raise their rates eventually when they, when they're ready. But I, I charge more than them because I know what I'm delivering and I'm confident in what I'm delivering. I'm not, I don't care what they do, but I encourage, I encourage them go higher. Right. Absolutely. (laughs) And there's a couple of things there, right? One of them being perceived value. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like if there's something that's more expensive, typically the value is higher. You know, like you get what you pay for. That old saying, it it rings true, you know, and you see it all the time. Um, And the other thing being people who pay, pay attention, right? If they're paying a high rate on a monthly basis, chances are they're showing up they're actually putting some work in, they're sticking to their meal plans, they're getting the results that they're looking for, which is why they're there in the first place. If you're not helping somebody actually change their life, then what are you doing? Mm -hmm. Right. And if they're getting the results they're looking for, chances are they're going to stick around for long periods of time. So it's like, it basically takes care of every aspect right there, you know, but it's obviously you do need to provide the value that kind of goes without saying, um, but so many gym owners are just so afraid. And it's like, sometimes it's like mind numbing talking to people because it's like, well, we want to give back to the community and we want to make sure that everybody and we want to be, you know, this, uh, we want to have this open door and 
it's like, okay, well, you're not giving back to somebody if you're not actually helping them, you know, and people stand in their own way more than anything. And if you yeah. can't help somebody get out of their own way and get to a healthier place, then you're not really helping them. You know, it's like, yeah. you're not helping yourself. You're not helping them. So what are we doing? Exactly. We're just trying to open a. We're just trying to open a gym because we like to look fit. Right. Yeah. We like the idea of it, right? Everybody likes the idea of it. And then they get into it and it's like, oh, there's all these things that I didn't necessarily expect. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, you end up working a hundred hours a week and, and not being able to pay your bills. Yeah. It's like, why? It doesn't have to be that way. So if people can just kind of break out of that mindset, then they'd be doing themselves a, a huge service. Uh, so one thing I, I really like to touch on are either challenges within the business or bottlenecks. Typically, there's kind of something that's always uh, top of mind that's taking a lot of your attention within the business. What is that for you right now? Is there anything specific you're really focusing on? Um, you know, I think it's just like you want to, you got to, for me, it's a, it's about not over, overdoing it. So it's like, you know, creating a schedule is very challenging because why would you go and create more classes if the classes aren't being filled? Why would you go and try and create all these extra programs or all these extra things if you've only got one or two people doing it? Mm -hmm. For me, it's more like, you know, you, you, you hear that that one person, or maybe there's two members that are like, I would love it if you had like, you know, a, a, a 9am class or, or, you know, a midday class. I'm like, I'm glad that you would love that. But my, I don't, I don't love that, you know? And it's like finding that balance of going, I have to say no to you. And that thought in your head comes up, you're like, oh, am I going to lose this member because I don't have a 12pm class? But it's like, no, like you, you've, you've been coming to the other classes that's working for you, but it's like, you know, so many for me, myself, like people suggest, and I'm sure other gyms get this people will yeah. come in they'll start to get you more comfortable with the gym owner or the coaches. And they'll start to be like, you know, it'd be really great if you had this challenge or if you had, you know, shirts to buy or protein or whatever it is, you know, it's just like, Oh, how, how, I didn't think of that. I should go and do that. But then you've only had that one suggestion from one member. So right. how would you go and offer all of this stuff, go to the effort to do all this work and you don't even see a return and you're just exactly. like, and then you just get mad at the member. You're just like, you suggested that as if it was going to be great for my business and now it's done nothing for me. So, you know, for a long time, people ask for like a certain class time for me. I'm like, I just like my foot was down. I'm like, no, you bring me 15 members that are going to come to that class and I will put on that class. Yes. Right. That's how it is. Like, that's just how it is. I don't really care that you want that class because it's not about you. It's about everybody. It's about the right. world. <laughs> yes, absolutely. That's a, a really, really good point there. The number of gym owners that tell me they have like a suggestion box or they take suggestions from the members. It's okay. You can hear them out, you know, but it's like, it's important to one, make sure that there's a return on investment there. Mm -hmm. otherwise you're wasting time you're wasting money to super valuable resources within business yeah. um and you know it's like they're not business owners right it's easy to call the shots in a business if you're not a business owner right you typically have no idea what goes on behind the scenes and it's easy mm -hmm. to make that you think should be happening when really you have no idea. So as a business owner, not being afraid to say no 
it's it's okay you know and that also comes into play with that line between like business having a business relationship with people and then also having a friendship you know mm-hmm. and a lot of times i think gym owners and then they become too friendly with their members and then once you're friends with somebody something from you you know and it's really hard it becomes harder to say no to those people you know it's like then they start expecting you to make changes they suggest or give them discounts or you know whatever it might be so it's really hard sometimes to maintain that fine line between friendship and then the business as well yeah, that's, that that happened to me um right before the pandemic you know like i was pretty close with some of the members and you know they felt like they could I was so close that I probably, I, you know, I probably gave them a sense of entitlement that they could do that. So it's, it's a lot on the business owner. Mm-hmm. If you're, if you're essentially going to certain members asking for their advice, you're basically saying to them, tell me how to run my business. Cause I'm not capable of doing it myself. Yes. Right. So I, I would, I would ask for some advice for some of these people. And, you know, I just, I think I was just getting a little bit like maybe a bit weaker because like there was so much happening and then they all of a sudden started telling me, you need to have this many classes. Why, why is your prices like this? Why are you doing this? And you're just like, well, hold on. Like I'm starting to make decisions here and you're not respecting that I'm doing that. And now you're trying to take advantage of me because you're entitled. Right. So it just kind of comes back to this whole concept of just like going, you're not going to always know, but don't ask your members. Don't ask right. your members. I, if I saw a suggestion box, I would throw it so far away that I would just be like, forget it. I'll suggest, I'll take suggestions from someone that's in the same seat as me. Yes. Who is making three times the money I'm making and uh, doesn't, and has like everything just together in their life. That's who I'm going to get suggestions. Right. From. Yeah. And that makes sense. Right. It's like, to think about taking advice from, again, somebody that has never run a business in their entire life, right? If, when you think about it like that, it's like, wait a minute, that doesn't necessarily make sense, you know? But and people get so caught up in just wanting to please everybody, you know? And it's like, you can't please everybody. No matter how hard you try, somebody's still gonna be pissed off. And yeah. that's okay. You know, your gym is not for everybody. And a lot of times gym owners are afraid to kind of narrow it down and get specific about who it is that you want in your gym. It's like, they just want to cast this wide net and try to serve everybody. But when you try to serve everybody, you end up serving nobody. Um, So not being afraid to be specific about who it is that you want in your, and, you know, not be afraid to put your foot down on things like that, especially with classes, you know, it's like, you should be bursting at the seams before you add in another class, right? Every class should be maxed out hundred percent with a waiting list, you know, before you think about adding in another class. And that's the same thing to be said as far as opening a second location. You know, it's like so many gym owners want to open a second location, especially, you know, in the beginning, when you first open a gym, times people want to come in and check it out if it's the new place in town. And it's like a lot of gym owners get this false sense of security right off the bat because everybody wants to come in and check it out. And it's like, oh, this is great. And they typically don't stick around for all that long, you know, but in the beginning, it's like, looks like everything's all great. Um, and a lot of times so many gym owners are, are talking about opening a second location before their first one is even halfway full, never mind maxed out, you know, mm-hmm. and, uh, they jumped the gun there and, and put themselves in sticky situations. So definitely, uh, 
be be mindful of that as well i would say yeah. but uh easy to jump the gun there for sure yeah so now what are the goals for your business i i like to call it like a, a unicorn goal kind of like perfect world situation where would you like to take this business what's your business itself um, you know, I like, I like the direction we go, we're going right now. Um, I like what we offer. I just want to feel it more, you know, just always, always make it just better and better and better. Right. Yeah. Like, you know, I, I would love to serve as many people as I can. Mm-hmm. I really love the idea of serving people through my coaches, through my programs, through everything that we do. Um, I want to serve as many people as I can. And I just want to, I want to make the biggest impact that I can, um, through my business, because that's ultimately what I care about. Um, we want to help a million people just better their lives. Right. You know, that's, that's our mission statement. And whether that means they're coming through our doors for that one-off chance that they really want to start, but we weren't the right place for them. And then they go somewhere else and they continue their journey with their health. We know that we've done something to kick them off in the right direction. And I'm not, I'm not afraid to be like, Hey, we're not the right spot for you but there's a gym down the street please go and try them out don't give up on yourself don't give up on yourself go somewhere else Mm -hmm. if that's if 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 this isn't right for you go to wherever it is right for you so however we can make an impact that's what we want to do and that's all that's the the goal of osletics is to really just kind of get people to to take care of themselves more you know and Obviously, everyone always wants to make more money, but it's not about the money. It's about it's about making the impact. The money will come with the impact, right? You no, know? like the the focus isn't about you know earning a living or driving nice cars. It's really just about like make if you can make the impact that you want to make, then everything will just kind of flow through. Mm-hmm. And it's about being patient. So for me, as as a owner and also as a leader in what I'm doing, is I want to just make my coaches so damn good that other gyms want them too. I want other right. gyms to want them. And I already know other gyms want them. So they're not, they don't <laughs> want to give them, but it doesn't matter. I want other gyms to want my coaches and I want to build my, I want my team to be so damn good and solid that, you know, they've, they can just, they can even open their own if they really want to. Like, I want that for them. Um, so my goal is to just kind of keep expanding and growing and building on what we have and reaching more, more and more people. Right. Absolutely. And I like your, uh, your attitude toward other gyms and not being afraid to people to other gyms and to build your coaches up to be able to do their own thing if they go that route, because there are plenty of people that need, there's no shortage there. Yeah. And, um, I think a a lot of gym owners kind of get caught up in that, you know, especially when we talk about other facilities moving into the area. Um, and a lot of gym owners really get scared kind of when specifically big box facilities move into their area. Right. But that to me, that's a a sign market, you know, because those larger companies really do their research and make sure that the market is there before moving into the area. Um, And again, it kind of just goes back to your gym not being for everybody. You know, it's not for everybody. It's okay to be specific about who it is that you want to serve. And serving people doesn't always mean you serving them in your gym. You know, like you said, it may mean referring them elsewhere. And that's okay too. You know, you in 
other ways as well. So if you, if you imagine it, right, this, this, this happened to me recently. Someone came into my gym and they, they said, you know, what they're looking for. And I said, Hey, like try it out today. And if you don't like it, there is a gym nearby. You might like, they're like, Oh, I really went there. I didn't like it. I was like, Oh, okay, cool. We'll try this. And if you don't like it here, maybe I can make you some other suggestions. And they were sold and mm -hmm. you know, that was okay. There's another situation that happened where I sent them to the other gym and they went to the other gym and they liked it there, but then they told their friend, go to this place because that's more for you. So it literally, I lost a lead, if you want to call it that. Right. And I made a new one because their friend was like, I don't like, you know, this whole big, like there's 40 people in the class. I don't want that. I want more, more, more of this private feeling. So they came back and it was a right. different, like it was just their friend. Like, and you know what? It's like, sometimes that's what you need. You need to be able to openly and honestly do this. This is the thing. Gym owners lack integrity. They say something, but they don't follow through. If they right. say something like, you know, yeah, we're all in the fitness industry. And if they're going to say like they're fighting against health, but then they go and like, go and like, you know, complain about the, the another gym down the street. Are they really fighting against health? Because shouldn't you be doing this with others? Right. You be like, let's do this together. You're like, you've got your model. I've got my model. We're fighting the same battle. Let's do this together. And let's all like work together and stop trying to think like you're better than I am, or I'm better than you. Cause that's not the case. No one's better than anyone. They're right. Just different. Mm -hmm. They're just different. Yeah. So I feel, I feel like that's helpful. Yeah, absolutely. I love that you touched on integrity there. Cause I was just going to say when you do that, it builds with people. Right. And that's huge. People don't buy from people they don't trust. That's and, right. you know, whether that be them or they're referring a friend or someone they care about to you, trust is huge. They have to trust you. And if you mm -hmm. can just be open and honest and straightforward and direct with people in, you know, any conversation that you're having, whether they're working with you or they're not a good fit for you, that yeah. goes a long way. Mm -hmm. All right. So, uh, one thing I, I really love to touch on before we wrap up is a piece of advice. So if you could provide a piece of advice to somebody who is considering opening their own facility, kind of doing their own thing, going their own way, what would that be? What is one of the most important things that you've learned over your time in ownership in this industry? Um, you have to be so solid as a human being your inner work has to be there. Like you can't open a gym and serve others if you don't even know how to serve yourself. And one of the things that I think that people do is they dive into this industry thinking, well, I'm going to go and be a good person. I'm going to help change all these people's lives, but they haven't even changed their own, mm -hmm. you know? And I see gym owners that open the gym and they barely work out themselves. Yes that to me is not an integral person. That to me is basically someone that's just showing a different way. Mm -hmm. You know, you can't expect anyone to listen to you if you don't look like it. Right. You got to look like it. I don't like, I know people are going to not like that. I'm saying this, but you know what? Like if you're going to go to a doctor and he's coughing, you're going to listen to it. You're going to go to a dentist with bad teeth. Right. No, you're not. You're going to like, if you, you want to be walking around and you don't want people to question what you do, I walk around people like, wow, you, I love your arms. Like, I'm like, the, are you a trainer or something? I'm like, I'm exactly that. Right. Walking I, am. Yes, I am. I'm a coach. Actually. I have a gym. You should come and get your arm the same arms as me, whatever. Right. <laughs> that's what, that's the thing is if you're walking around and people have to question you, you're like, so what do you do for a living? Do you sit at a desk? And you're like, no, I'm in a gym. Like, do I not look like it? No, you don't look like it. That's why they're asking you that question. 
So do the work. Like if you're going to, if you want to open a gym, get your head in such a solid space where you can handle the adversity. This industry is so filled with adversity. It's ridiculous. Mm -hmm. It's insane. So that you've got to be able to handle the adversity. You've got to be able to kind of like walk your own talk. Mm-hmm. And you've got to be able to kind of go out there confidently going, I know what I'm selling here. I know exactly what I'm trying to do. And you're so solid in that. And I have to say this because I think that this is so incredibly important. So there's two parts. There's one inner self. The other one is get a mentor. Oh my gosh, get a mentor. You have zero chance of being successful on your own. Zero. There is no chance you're going to be successful. Get a mentor that is so like, no emotional attachment, mm-hmm. you know, get someone that can talk to you about everything that bothers you because what's bothering you is probably not even a real problem. And they can literally direct you exactly where you need to go. Problem is that gym owners have so much ego and pride that they don't know how to yeah. do anything. And then they're just like, no, 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 I'm just going to, I'm just going to make it out. this. I'm going to do this. And I'm going to have all these like things going on. And then they are like, oh, it's not working. And then they go and get a mentor and the mentor's like, Oh boy, we have a lot to change here. Let's change everything. And they're like, but this is what I thought it was doing. It was right. And like, no, it was never right. You just thought it was right because your ego got in the way. Yeah. So drop the ego, drop the pride, get someone to help you because you're not going to do it on your own and do the inner work. Inner work yes. and mentor, two keys, two massive keys to Absolutely. basically being able to be successful. Absolutely. I love all of that. And you're right. As far as the, the ego in, in this industry, the ego is huge, you know, and I mentioned it before about people standing in their own way. As far as clients go, I also see gym owners standing in their own way every single day. And it's so frustrating, you know, because it doesn't have to be, you know, a lot of gym owners are willing to pay the ignorance tax is what I call (laughs) trying their own way because they think that that's what works and they think that that's what people want and they have to try their own way rather than you know working with somebody who's been there before who is very successful who has made so much more money than you're making you know it's you know what's best you know and then they end up paying for that you know over over time through time, losing time, which is huge. You can't get that back. Losing money, which yes, you can make more of, but who wants to spend money when they don't have to, you know, or lose money. Opportunity cost is huge as well. You know, missing out on so much opportunity because you're standing in your own way. That happens as well. So definitely huge, huge pieces of advice there. And um, I really love the, the walking, walking the talk or, you know, being an example for people, because like you said, you know, some people want to hear that, but it's true. You know, it's like, you should be. And I I love that example of you're not going to go to a a dentist with bad teeth, right? Mm -hmm. Like that's, it's, it's true, you know? So you should be an example for people and you'll find that people are drawn to you. You know, like you said, people come up to you and they say that they love your arms and then it's like, oh, well, you know, this is what I do and come work with me. And it's, it's so much easier that way. So definitely makes things uh, easier for you. More, more trust with people. People are more drawn to you. Like there are so many things that benefit you from just, you know, being an example of, of what you preach on a daily basis. So both huge things. Awesome. All right. So to wrap up here, where can the listeners find you on social media? 
Uh, so my my uh, account is just Snezv, which is S N E Z V. Uh, that's my Instagram. Uh, the gym is Ausletics, A U S L E T I C S. Uh, that's the uh, Ausletics one. We're on Facebook. Same, same, exactly the same thing. Um, both have websites as well, snezhv.com, ausletics.com. Um, they're both very similar. Uh, mine's a little bit more of my own branding and branching off the gym's branding as well. <clears throat> so that's a, another way of reaching out as well. Perfect. And I have a podcast as well. So my podcast is uh, actually called Beyond the Coach. Um, and that one's just more about everything, you know, talking to gym owners, also talking to members, just talking about everything that's beyond the coach, basically. I love that. I'll have to check that out. Thank you. Awesome. All right. So Snez from Ausletics in Brea, California. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us today. It's been so great having you on the show. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Absolutely. To all the listeners out there, make sure that you subscribe so that you'll be updated on future episodes of the show. In the meantime, keep killing it out there. We will catch you on the flip side. Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Gym Lords podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more, or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I'll be your host today. My name is Joe Fitzgerald, and joining us on the show is Mr. Mike Petit of Pure Strength Fitness, coming to you from Merritt Island, Florida. Mike, what's going on, man? How are you today? I'm good. How about you? I'm doing incredibly well. I'm excited to dig through this business and, and pick your brain and see what kind of wisdom and lessons we can pull out of here. Um, but before we do that, Mike, I think context is important. And so give us a little bit of background on Pure Strength. What is this business? How do you describe what this gym is? Um, just a small local, you know, fitness facility that's got, you know, I mean, we've got a ton of equipment, but we just don't have, you know, everything a big, big gym has. You know, you come in, you live close by, you come in here because it's easier to get to, it's quick to get out. And you don't have, you know, all the old people walking around, sitting around, talking, sitting on machines. You don't have all the kids taking photos of themselves in the mirrors. You got a lot of professionals coming in here and getting their workout in, getting it done, and they're they're out. Yeah. And so take us back, Mike. I want to hear a little bit about the, the origin of this. When did you get this whole thing? Actually, when did the idea pop into your head that you were going to open up your own gym? And what was sort of the goal when you guys did get this open? So I originally had the idea, I mean, 
back when I was in college, you know, I was like, <clears throat> you know, I knew what I was going to be doing. I knew what I wanted to do. I knew I needed to get experience. You know, I, I, I wanted to open a small gym. I thought it would be awesome and fun to do. And then, uh, you know, and then I got hired on at a couple of, a uh, couple of local gyms and the idea was always there. Just, it wasn't the easiest thing to, to, you know, grasp onto because of, you know, the obvious things, you know, if you don't have the funding, you're not going to get something started. We got some challenges ahead. Yeah, that's for uh, sure. it's, it's not easy. It's not cheap. So it, there's struggles that, you know, we ran into, but we kind of got forced into it. Uh, when I decided that, you know, I was having some issues with my current employer at the time, not current, but you know, the, the gym that I was working for. Right. And uh, I was like, you know what, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to leave. And 90% of all my clientele followed me, trained them, trained my classes in, in one park, took my clients to another park and trained them there and just gathered up small pieces of equipment that I could drive around in my truck. And, you know, the rest is history. We did that for about six months. And, you know, right at the same time I left my job, I found out my wife was pregnant. We weren't even married yet, but she was pregnant. And then, uh, we were, we, our wedding was, you know, nine months away. Yeah. Perfect and, time to quit your job. Right. Exactly. So it was, uh, it was a challenge. And then, you know, we kind of got forced into it just because of all the situations that we were dealing with. So we found a small, uh, small little studio, uh, rented that out for about a year and a half and just did personal training, small classes, had minimal equipment. We had a big power rack, a big set of dumbbells. You know, I'm a big guy, so I lift heavy typically. Mm -hmm. So I kind of needed it for myself to train as well. And then I would utilize it for all my clientele. Got it. So, you know, we did a lot of TRX stuff because those are actually, you know, they're pretty good if, if you don't have, you know, a whole lot of equipment, you can get a lot yeah, in. It checks a lot of boxes. So we kind of utilize those and then the rest of the equipment that we bought. And then about a year and a half after that, the building that we're currently in, which was the next door over, came available because the company was downsizing and they needed to get a smaller place. And their building was twice the size, maybe three, almost three times the size of ours. Yeah. About, nah, about twice, a little over twice, twice the size. So, I mean, we doubled our space. And then when we brought all of our stuff over, it was like, we had nothing. It looked <laughs> pretty empty. Yeah. It was very <laughs> empty. So it was, uh, it was, you know, we were kind of discouraged from it at first to not go this route because, you know, obviously if we're taking on something double the size, our, our rent's going to increase double the size and our utilities are going to increase double the size. So it was like, we have to, we had to weigh all these factors and we we're like, you know what? I think that we had, I, my wife had started training and I knew we were going to get into a problem of her and I kind of, not necessarily being in each other's way, but if I was working with a class that was, even if it was only like three or four people, a group of three or four people, and she had a client, we would probably be in each other's way. Yep. So now, you know, we've been in our place now for, God, four and a half years. Um, and I mean, everything's going, it's going, it's going good. It's just, it's, it's tough running a business. Yeah. Well, nothing lights a fire under your ass, like having a wedding to pay for and some mouths to feed, I would imagine. So that's uh, all the motivation you ever need is is right there. 
Um, but to your point, running a business is in any, in any industry is, is not yeah. all glory and glamor, but the fitness industry for sure is not sunshine and rainbows all the time. No, none more so than recent. Uh, I mean, you said we've been in this spot for four and a half years. And so simple math suggests that you were there throughout COVID and, and all of that came with that. Yep. How do your, your membership numbers now compare to 2019 or so? Um, so we run a pretty lackadaisical uh, membership base. We don't make people sign up for, you know, contracts. Um, we don't charge, you know, anything up front. We just have them pay month to month. And if they don't want to come to our and use our facility, it's, and it's not for them, then, you know, you don't have to come back. And when I say it like that, I don't mean it in a negative way. I'm just simply saying, Hey, if this doesn't work out for you, you don't have any obligations to us. Yep. You can go find, you can go find the gym that you think is going to be best for you. And we wanted to do it like that because, you know, like planet fitness, for instance, I mean, you sign a year contract and if you want to get out of it, you got to pay to get out of the Oops and hurdles just to cancel. Yeah. I mean, it's like, that's just, I didn't, I didn't want to do that. And I didn't want to, you know, you know, I could have done that. I could have ran a recurring payments and stolen a bunch of money. I, I feel like that's stealing money from people. And I understand it's a part of owning a gym and, and going and becoming a member. You signed up for this. So this is something that you're stuck into doing. I just have, I guess I have a little bit too much of a conscience. So, yeah, I think everything has pros and cons to it. You chose to go the, the non-contract route. I'm sure it attracts certain people. I'm sure it repels other people, but yep. it is what it is at the end of the day. With the square footage that you guys have and the resources available to you, do you guys have room to grow the membership or the amount of people that you're serving now? A little bit. Um, we would need to, you know, if we wanted to grow like substantially, but we, from day one, we never did any advertisement. That was going to be my next question is how are we getting people in the doors in the first place? Everything's word of mouth. You know, we, we do, I mean, besides Facebook stuff, presence on Facebook, everything's word of mouth. And we like it that way because it keeps us, because it's just myself and my wife, we have two little kids. I have just started another career on top of, I work for the WWP, the Wounded Warrior Project. So you know, it's, I've got a lot going on and me to be here 24 seven to talk with members is it's tough. And it's also tough to try and find an employee that can be here at the right times. Interesting. So, and we, we could spend this entire interview talking about staffing, Mike, that could yeah. go down a rabbit hole real, real quick. So oh, I get it. it. We'll save that conversation for another day at least. But, uh, as far as, as the marketing piece, mostly word of mouth driven and, and somewhat organic social media from what I yeah, understand. I mean, that right? So, you know, it, uh, it all started because of the gym that I worked for, you know, they were, they were huge. Like, so for instance, the gym that I worked for, it's a hospital organization, the gym that I used to work for, they okay. were a hospital organization. So they had, you know, in our County, four big hospitals, you know, in different cities and affiliated with those hospitals was another small medical facility, which also had their gym attached to it. Since I've been there over the last six, seven years, they've closed all but one of them down. Mm. And I think majority of the other ones that closed were due to COVID, 
but the one that I used to work at closed, like we were shut down for two months for COVID. They stayed shut down for two months, a little bit longer, and then made the decision, oh, we're not reopening. So they've been closed nearly two years now, and they're going to knock that building down and build a whole new big, big gym, which will probably affect us just because it's the new hot thing in town. Right. And I get it. Um, you know, but I'm not, I don't pay my bills based on memberships. I pay it based on my clientele that I work with and have built a rapport with. Yeah. And, and I think that's an interesting point here. Cause this model, I mean, successful examples can drive just as much, if not more revenue from things like group training and personal training than they do from the membership itself. Like if I've got somebody paying somewhere between 50 and hundred bucks an hour for PT, and they're coming eight to 12 times in a month that makes up a lot of ground on membership revenue. And so yep. how have you guys, so here's how I used to, I used to be involved with a bigger franchise, big box sort of model. And we had a situation where anybody that signed up for a membership, we would give them some sort of free PT session or consultation or whatever label you put on it. Is that something that you guys do? Or is that how, how are you getting people towards personal training? So towards personal training, um, we will, we will offer something like that. We, you know, if, Hey, I'll take you through a half hour, you know, session or, you know, if that's something like, we'll discuss it when we're talking with potential new clients. We do, we do offer, you know, our first class that we, you know, the classes we charge for them, mm -hmm. the first class is always free. You know, I don't want to, I don't want to make somebody pay for something if they're not going to like it. Right. And working out's not for everybody, but a lot of people realize that they have to, they need to do it. They have to do it. If they don't, they're just going to, you know, everything's going to change. So. Yeah. And so we have the conversation at, at point of sale or whatever you call it when we're signing people up and that's steered people towards the personal training side of things. Is that something you have room to grow? Or can you take on more clients or, or can we get another trainer that can take on more clients? Yeah, we, yeah, we could do that. We have, we have that kind of room. It's just a matter of finding the right trainer, you know? Yeah. That's, that's the kicker, right? Yeah. The problem, the biggest thing for us would be, I think we should probably, you know, when we've talked about it, we would do something along the lines of having them pay us to use our facility. You know, you charge your client, whatever the price you guys charge problem with us. And in that type of situation is not everybody's on the same page with pricing of how they're charging their clientele. So, you know, like for instance, I had a guy right across the street, the, the main highway that divides, you know, each side of the road he got kind of forced out of his small gym where he just did only personal training. And he's like, the, the landlord said, Hey, you got a month. You got to figure out what you're going to do. Good luck. Exactly. So, and he had been there for like 15 years. Yeah. Uh, the whole reason why it was the guy, it was just, that was the, it was a big plaza. The guy owned it and it was only him as a, as a business renting from him. So he wasn't making any money or anything. So he's like, you know what, I'm going to turn it into something else and utilize what I have here to make more money instead of just having, you know, one tenant. So he came over here asking if, if he would, you know, if we would be interested in allowing his, his trainers and, and himself to bring their clientele into our facility to train them. 
And I said, yeah, I mean, that's, that's something that we would love to discuss, you know, further than what, you know, than this, you know, uh, you know, short-term, you know, you just came in really quickly and started discussing it with me. Like we didn't plan a meeting or anything like right. that. Um, and then he started looking at some of the pricing we have advertised. Like, oh, you, you guys are charging way too little. Our town that we live in is not exactly, um, it's not like Miami or, or like, even, even it's, it's not even like Orlando. And I'm sure the rates in Orlando are much higher than ours, but you know, like California, I'm sure is, you know, I'm sure average pricing is 60, 70, 80 bucks an hour. Even more. And exactly. And even more, you know, like and I like, remember, you know, when I first. I'm in New York, for example, and we had brand new trainers off the street charging 180 an hour. So. See, we're nowhere near that price. We, if we charge that price, we'd go out of business. Right. I can, I can probably go up a little bit over the next few months or, you know, by the end of the year. And I might, I might do that. I also might increase the membership prices because everything else is going up too, but we're potentially going to add in like a keyless entry for access to members of the gym. So I can take less time, you know, of, of myself being here and just put on, on the door, you know, and you have, have a vinyl store, make us a sign that says there's an attendant here between these hours and these hours. So it's, uh, you know, stuff like that. You know, there's a bunch of different things that we're considering doing. Yeah. I think, I mean, it's cool. <laughs> the fun part about this type of a conversation, Mike, is that it's your business and you get to make the rules, Yep. right? This guy may have his opinions. I may have my opinions. The people that listen to this might have their opinions. Yep. At the end of the day, it's your business and you get to do with it what you like. And also, and, you know, you kind of do what also works for you too. Yeah, So for sure. I think, I think a lot of the time when we put up the scoreboard of success in, in fitness industry, a lot of the time we measure it with how many locations do you have? How many yep. members do you have and the like, but it should be, I mean, it's a lot less tangible, but it should be, is it able to create the lifestyle that the business owner wants for themselves? Like that's yeah. really the question that matters here. Yeah. And, and so it'll be interesting to see how this shapes up moving forward now as with that idea in mind if you had magic wand genie lamp whatever sort of uh magical item you can think of and were able to craft the perfect gym for yourself what would that look like what would the business look like oh man <laughs> as in like the facility or the facility the services the staff the membership all right so you know i have this this idea in my head, you know, the town we live in is, is huge for boating. Cause we're, we're, we're literally, my business is smack in between two rivers and then the ocean. So boating is, is plenty of water. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Water sports and activities and people being out on boats and camping as well. So with that being said, I want to keep our business that we have because I love doing what I do. I love training people. I love having my own gym. I can come into do my own workout whenever I want to at any pace that I want to. Um, with that said, uh, I want to build like a 6,000 square foot facility with a big piece of property because I want to, I want to put a big parking lot 
so I can also have boat and RV storage in the backside of the gym. Uh -huh. Okay. I want to incorporate multiple businesses into, into what we're doing here. And it, it wouldn't be hard to do aside from, you know, with real estate prices are extremely high right now. And, you know, building materials are hard to come by because supply chains are all screwed up. So I've kind of put that on the back burner. You know, I've talked about it for the last three, four years. I don't want to pay somebody else's mortgage. You know, I want to pay my own mortgage. I mean, that's why I bought a house. I don't want to you know, rent and keep renting and them just say, oh, hey, well, this year your rent's going to go up 200 bucks. So yeah. when I can, I can lease or I can, I can mortgage you know, a building and property and have the same payment, I know what it's going to be for 30 years. I can adjust whenever I need to make money or, or however I need to do things. Yeah. We could so, dive down the rabbit hole of commercial space too. Cause that's a, that's a fun. Oh, I know. Conversation I've, to have as well. I've discussed. We'll, we'll have with, to get you back on at some point, Mike, and explore these unexplored conversations. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, the, the dream gym conversation is one that's a fun one to have, but the, go ahead. So the, the inside of the gym would be like, you know, a small office space, uh, you know, a big open gym area where on one side there's like the, the, the AstroTurf for pushing sleds and doing sprints and, you know, sports specific training area. And then you got the gym and the cardio section and just a big wide open kind of warehouse. It would be AC'd and a couple of big ass fans up in the ceiling moving okay. the air around. And that would be that would be it. It wouldn't have to be super extravagant. I, I don't need fancy machines. I've got half my stuff is from the eighties. Just as heavy, right? It just as heavy still works exactly the same. Yep. So man, it's uh, it sounds like a blast and a, and a fantastic place to train. Mike, that's a really good place for us to wrap this whole thing up. Uh, but before we get out of here, I want to give you the chance. You said that there was, a Facebook page? Is there a website? Where can we send people to so they can find out more about what you do? So, you know, if you want to look us up on Facebook, just Pure Strength Fitness. Um, the website is purestrengthcoaching.com. Pure Strength Fitness was already taken by somebody uh, and they won't sell it to me. <laughs> so, um, you know, that's, that's us and you can see everything we do here, all the stuff that we offer. Um, and it's got our contact information on there as well, too. So, if there's anybody local that sees it, hears about it, and they're, oh, that sounds like a good gym. Come on in. We actually just did a bunch of uh, renovations in here, too. So added a bunch of new equipment, changed some flooring around, redid the flooring in the bathrooms and all that stuff. So, you know, trying to keep it nice for, for everybody. Yep. Well, Mike, I, I can't thank you enough for your time. I think this conversation where gym owners and, and business owners in general are willing to be vulnerable and, and give an inside look into what they're doing and, and explore the good as well as the bad. It, it oh, yeah. really makes for a valuable conversation for everybody. So I appreciate your time. I appreciate your contribution. I wish you nothing but the best moving forward, my man. Thank you. I appreciate it. Absolutely. And to everyone who tuned in today, thank you as well. Don't forget, if you'd like to be notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. If you're interested in joining us to talk about your business model within the industry, click the link in the description fill it out. Our team will be in touch with you soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lord's out.
Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets, at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.